You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. It is 1.15 a.m. Central Time. Frank will not be joining me because, well, it's 1.15 a.m. Central Time. And I would not ask him to go through something like this, but that's okay. That means, uh, you know, it is well after midnight, which means it is time for weird locked on bucks. And that's totally okay. We're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, and what we're. What we'll be talking about is the Bucks 141-140 win over the Sacramento Kings that occurred in overtime. Uh, kind of a, I mean, I guess just really a strange game. And I mean, I think it all starts with with Giannis. Giannis, uh, before the game, Mike Boonholzer told everyone that Giannis would be on a bit of a minutes restriction and that, you know, they wouldn't. Uh, give him the the normal amount of minutes on the night he plays 24 minutes and on the night he is a minus 24 17 points for him seven rebounds two assists two blocks a turnover uh, but minus 24 in 24 minutes which is you know just a a crazy thing to say that that is not not really how it ever ever goes down for Giannis but that was how it went down for him tonight and you know I I guess when thinking about that injury and you know thinking about him being out like this this is maybe a little bit more serious than was initially led on or that we were you know initially led to believe that you know maybe this was just get him a, a night off because he needs a little bit of rest and instead uh even on a night when he is playing it is keep his minutes low and make sure that, you know, he doesn't exert too much effort, doesn't put too much on that knee. And that's that's a really difficult spot to be in. That is not what you're looking for, you know, if you are this Bucks team, especially as you try to close out this season. Obviously, you'll take the win that you get tonight, 141-140, but as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Giannis's long-term health is much more important than home court advantage. It's much more important than getting in, getting him in for 24 minutes against the the Sacramento Kings. It it's the the biggest thing possible to this Bucks fr- franchise is Giannis's health. Like if if he is unhealthy. None of the things that you're going to talk about this offseason, Middleton's contract, Lopez's contract, Bloodsoe's contract, Brodin's contract, Miritich's contract, none of that stuff matters. <laughs> it truly does not matter if Giannis is not healthy. And, you know, I think seeing him in this game after 
having an off night, or not an off night, but a night off in Chicago, and you follow it up with another night where he needs to be on a minute restriction, that suggests that there is something serious and something that the Bucks need to watch out for. And uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch and see kind of what those minute restrictions turn into how many minutes he ends up playing, when he ends up playing, where he ends up playing. Uh, you know, we sort of talked to, uh, you know, we, we sort of talked to the idea that, you know, with him, you're going to see some days off. We we kind of went through the schedule and predicted when some of those days may be. And, you know, now when you look at what happens tonight on Wednesday, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that he won't play on Saturday against Utah, against the Jazz. If, if the most he can do is go 24 minutes uh, on a night where he took off Monday and on Wednesday the most he can go is 24 minutes, then, you know, I don't I don't think he can play on Saturday. Obviously, he's going to do everything that he can to play on Friday against the Lakers because playing against LeBron does mean something to him. And uh, the Lakers did end up winning tonight as they beat the New Orleans Pelicans 125-119, who, ironically enough, had Anthony Davis play about 20 minutes tonight. Um, you know, that's a game that Giannis isn't going to want to sit out, but, you know, when you look at the Jazz on that back-to-back, that's a game whether or not he wants to sit it out and whether or not they win or lose to the Lakers, if they lose, you know, and are in danger of the possibility of, uh, you know, having them having them be in danger of losing two in a row, I don't think it much matters. Like, I just don't think they can play Giannis on a back-to-back if this is as many minutes as they can give him on a Wednesday night. So I think it gets incredibly interesting as you start to look at this Bucks schedule, uh, this Bucks road trip, and, you know, you start to look through kind of where those games are. And I think all those games that we circled at the start of the week are games that become even more obvious for games for Giannis to sit out. And I think we'll just have to keep an eye on it and we'll see exactly how many games they try to sit him out. But this problem with his knee does appear to be a little bit more real than, you know, I think anyone wanted to lead on. Uh, so we will have to watch that. But obviously not the best night for Giannis. Like, like I said, 17 points on 7 or 12 shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. Um, so not the worst thing, but minus 24 with him in the game. The Bucks just weren't really able to put together positive moments, positive minutes uh, while he was on the floor. So... Let's move on to some of the other players in this game. Uh, this was, uh, you know, sort of an interesting game because Eric Bledsoe has been incredibly quiet since the All-Star break. He was quiet for probably about a week beforehand. There's probably about two weeks of Eric Bledsoe, um, you know, where if it was if those two weeks were Chris Middleton for those two weeks, Bucks would have been losing it. Because, you know, he just wasn't really scoring. He wasn't really attacking. He wasn't really wasn't really doing a lot. And tonight he broke out of that in, I think, about the biggest way possible. He gets a triple-double, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists, uh, just four turnovers, a steal on 11 of 20 shooting, four of seven from the three-point line. And, you know, you, you see another one of these nights where if Bledsoe hits his threes, all of a sudden he becomes... 
you know, a totally different player. And that hadn't happened in a while. And tonight he has that happen. And he just makes a number of really big plays. And, you know, you look at the end of the fourth quarter and you kind of go through it possession by possession. And uh, Chris Middleton ultimately goes down with some cramps in overtime. Uh, But in the end of the fourth quarter, he had uh, it was a short jumper that he got passed to him by Giannis uh, with the team up 122-114 that he missed, a, you know, a little mid-ranger in the lane. Uh, it was a good look from Giannis. He missed that. There was a corner three that he missed, another good look uh, that the, the Kings had made it 122-117. That would have made it 125-117. He misses that one as well. Uh, and then the Kings are able to get another bucket right after that. De'Aaron Fox goes for a layup, 122-119. Giannis gets an answer, but Harrison Barnes hits one. Then Giannis misses a three, and Bogdan Bogdanovich um, manages to get this strange, this strange look where... It looked like Giannis might have tied him up, but ultimately he doesn't tie him up. And then Bogdanovich is able to make the layup. That makes it 124-124. The Bucks go to the Middleton-Giannis pick and roll. That has sort of become a staple of their crunch time lineups. And Middleton tries to throw a bounce pass to Giannis that gets picked off by Harrison Barnes. Uh, and then the, the Kings come down and get a two-pointer from uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. The Bucks answer on an Eric Bledsoe layup where he kind of gets through contact, goes 126-126, and, you know, with 11.4 seconds left, you're looking at just a huge play from Bledsoe. I already mentioned the layup that he gets that ties the game up at 126-126, and that, that was just, you know, astronomical. It, it was huge. It was an absolutely huge play, but De'Aaron Fox attempts to go ISO against Bledsoe, and, you know... When, when we talk about just how impactful Bledsoe can be defensively, that's sort of what we're talking about. That entire sequence is exactly what we were thinking about because Fox pulls him out to about half court, or I shouldn't say that, the Kings inbound the ball and Fox has it out near half court. He tries to attack Bledsoe. It doesn't work. He pulls it back. He tries to attack Bledsoe again. And on the second attempt, you know, he tries to get to his right hand for a pull-up and Bledsoe just pokes it out, and eventually the Kings don't even get a shot off. 126-126, and they don't get a shot off, and it's it's because of Eric Bledsoe and the defense that he was able to play against De'Aaron Fox, who has just been fantastic this season. And then when you go to overtime, Bledsoe hits a huge jumper. Middleton uh, gets into the middle, gets double teamed, kicks it out to Bledsoe. Bledsoe hits a big three, 129-126. Uh, and then it takes another two minutes until the Bucks score again, but Miritich hits another, another three, 132-126. Bucks go up there, and then uh, Bledsoe has another driving layup, 134-128. And the Bucks are kind of able to hold, hold the Kings off. Eventually, they get it to 134-133, and then that's where Middleton comes out or excuse me, before the 134-133 shot from Bogdanovich that makes it that score, Middleton had come out for cramps. Uh, so, you know, they're going with Brogdon. They're going with uh, Bledsoe on the next possession. Brogdon misses a, a three-pointer. 
the Kings miss one as well, and then they get it back to the Bucks with 40.2 left, and 134-133, and the Bucks. it was not pretty. Um, you know, in fact, it's probably the, the opposite of pretty. Somehow the ball gets to Pat Connaughton with about five seconds left on the shot clock. He sort of kind of goes through the defense, but also sort of loses his own way, loses his own footing, but eventually... Kicks out to Malcolm Brogdon, big shot Brog, hits the three, 137-133. Bucks take the lead there and hold on to it the rest of the way. Uh, 141-140, and, you know, that three from Brogdon came with 16.8 seconds left, 137-133, and somehow the Bucks add four, and somehow the Kings add seven, and, you know, just that that final sequence I think does a really nice job kind of describing what this game was and, and how you're going to end up thinking about it. You know, this game was played at the King's pace. <laughs> I think I, I tweeted out, I think sometime in the first quarter that I have no idea what the over under is for this game. And I'm sure it was incredibly well researched, but I would like the over and I, I was I was informed that the over for this or the over under for this game was 238. Uh, this game ends at 181, and that's with 29 uh, overtime points. So even if even if there wasn't an overtime, it still was the over. And you know, I was thinking about the first time these two teams met. The Bucks had 144, the Kings had 109. So I I kind of figured it'd be around 250, um, but. This was get, this was played at the Kings' pace. The Bucks were, I don't want to say totally fine with it, but you know when you look at the way that the Bucks played this game, <laughs> in many ways they were fine with it. They they take forty five threes, uh, they hit seventeen of those. They have one hundred and twelve shots overall. The Kings have one hundred eighteen shots, and you know the Bucks just kind of kept playing at that. If the Kings were going to give them an easy basket, they took it. And they just kind of kept putting up points. Obviously, uh, the Bucks had some guys that struggled tonight. Brooke Lopez was just three of fifteen. Uh, Middleton eight of twenty on the night. So, so not the best night for him. Um, but you know, as you as you kind of go through this game, the Bucks just had a number of guys contribute. It started with Bledsoe. Obviously, I already mentioned his uh, triple double, but. You know, I just thought he was huge. 26 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists. He was all over the floor. And, you know, when you're thinking about guys that can take advantage of a fast pace, obviously Bledsoe comes to mind as he's able to get into the lane. He's able to make some things happen. But on top of that, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 9 of 11 from the field. And that includes that huge three uh, that he hits to seal this one, 137-133. And, you know, you look at those two guys, and those are the guys that, you know, in many ways win this game for you. Brogdon uh, hits that huge three. Brogdon, uh, you know, throughout the throughout the game made a number of big plays, was able to get to the basket, was able to get easy points. Um, he ends the night on a with a minus 16, which, you know, is a little bit deceptive. Um, but still, he, he's able to put up those numbers. And then Bledsoe, we already talked about having those those 
big plays to close this game out. Um, Middleton on the night, 21 points, six rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Uh, I think it's going to stick out that he misses those couple of shots late. Obviously, uh, he misses that little floater in the lane. He misses that corner three and then has that turnover. So all of those things are going to stick out, and they absolutely should because that was a spot where the Bucks had a chance to close this thing out. Instead, they give up a 35-22 fourth quarter uh, where the Kings are able to get back into this in this game and then you know eventually force overtime. But um, Middleton, you know, doesn't have the most efficient night 8 of 20 from the field but had it going for for some stretches there uh Giannis adds adds that 17 points seven rebounds to assist and then you look to the bench and uh Nikola Mirotic, 21 points, 5 of 8 from the three-point line. He has eight rebounds. He has three assists. He has two blocks, plus 18 on the night. And it's another spot where, okay, you don't have Giannis for the full length of time you'd like him tonight. Who do you turn to? And Mirotic was that guy. And, you know, this is what we've talked about in regards to Mirotic is that, okay, maybe he's not going to start. And okay, maybe he's not going to be your best player, but when you can bring a guy like that off the bench, you really kind of have a special team. You have <laughs> you have a roster that can just kind of find a way on nights where it isn't easy. Find a night on uh, you know the nights that everything doesn't go right, and you know I think you can say pretty comfortably that. Everything didn't go right tonight. You, you didn't get Giannis for the full amount of time you want. Brooke Lopez goes three for 15. Chris Middleton misses a couple shots late and has that turnover. And yet, in the end, you're able to pull this one out, and you're able to pull it out because of efforts from a guy like Mirtich, where he scores 21 points in 27 minutes. He adds eight rebounds. He has three assists. He has two blocks. And, you know, you're looking at a, a pretty... I don't want to, special is probably a little bit too far, but, you know, a really solid performance and a performance that kind of just pushes you over the finish line. Maybe maybe it isn't the performance that carried you. Maybe it isn't the best performance of the night, but it is a performance that gets you over the finish line, gets you that win, and something that, you know, you couldn't have won that game without. And I just thought he was huge. And, then the other guy on the bench that you look to is Pat Connaughton. He gets early minutes tonight. He's the first sub off the bench. And Bud talked last time, uh, or last game, excuse me, just about how much Pat Connaughton's energy means and, you know, what he can do and, you know, how he can affect games. And you, you saw tonight he's able to, to kind of bring it. Uh, I don't know if it – I don't think it throws – uh, Sterling Brown's position in the rotation into uh, into flux or anything like that, but you know with Sterling Brown out, with George Hill out, those were really big minutes. Twenty five big minutes from Connaughton tonight. He's a plus ten on the night. He has nine points, five rebounds, four assists, uh, just one of five from the three point line. You wish a couple of those would look just a little bit better because man, he has some really ugly misses from deep, but he's still finds a way to make the make that impact. He has two blocks on the night. Uh, he just kind of does pack on it and things. He flies around. 
he makes a little noise and he's just able to impact games and you know you look at that huge final assist to Brogdon it kind of lives as a, as a solid summary of his night it was ugly that that pass was not pretty the play overall was not pretty but in the end it gets the job done it gets the ball to Brogdon and he's able to hit that shot and you know, I think in some ways that that describes Pat Connaughton and, uh, you know, kind of describes this win for the Bucks tonight. So they ultimately end up getting a big win. I don't know if I have too much more. Again, it's it's 135, so it's it's plenty late at night. But the Bucks sneak out with a win, 141-140. Uh, that moves the Kings to 31-30 and 30 on the season. That moves the Bucks to 47-14. and 14. They are 22 in nine on the road. If I saw the broadcast right, they have now won nine straight on the road. I think that would make their their last road loss Oklahoma City, I believe it would be. Um, and that was, you know, at the end of January. So through the month of February, the Bucks don't play again until March 1st. They go undefeated on the road. And it Again, obviously, you have the All-Star break in the middle, but it was a little bit of a, of, of a road-heavy February, and the Bucks were able to take care of business and, and put themselves in a nice spot here as they head into March uh, in the final month and a half of the season. You have a full March, and then uh, final game of the season, April 10th at home against Oklahoma City, so uh, about a month and a half here for the Bucks to close it out. So for Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, more about what the Bucks have upcoming this weekend at Los Angeles, at Utah, Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Uh, we'll talk a, a little bit about what to expect. Uh, maybe it'll end up being solo. I'm not 100% sure. I can't necessarily remember exactly uh, what Frank's schedule looks like. I know I'll be flying out tomorrow night to Los Angeles, so hopefully we can get the podcast in uh, before I head out. But for now, Bucks win 141-140 over the Sacramento Kings in overtime, moved to 47-14 and on the season. They are still the best team in the NBA. So for Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked on Bucks. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.